Assalamualaikum and salam sejahtera. Uh, today we will continue our lecture with chapter 3. Um, chapter 3, um, the title of chapter 3 is uh, Managing the Information Systems, Infrastructure and Services. Uh, if you can see the slide, uh, we have like 70 slides. Uh, this chapter is quite long. It is divided into a few things, which is uh, I'm going to talk about uh, software, hardware, uh, internet and network, and as well as issues related to uh, IS infrastructure. So for this chapter, I will be dividing it into two parts. So for today, we will focus only on software and also hardware. Next week, we will continue with um, internet and network and as well as um, issues uh, related to IS infrastructure. Okay, so today only on software and hardware. So this today is going to be quite easy, lah, quite easy topic. Okay, so let us go straight away to slide number number three. Slide number three. So uh, this chapter basically is going to be all about um, discussing on software, which is applications related to business. And then we will focus on hardware that uh, we can use in our organization. Okay, um, this application and hardware are currently being used in industry as a way to compete with uh, their competitors. So let's go to the first one, which is software. Software is basically um, divided into two types. Basically, straight away go to slide number six. So the first type is known as system software. And then the next slide, slide number seven. So we have the second, part, uh, second type of software, which is application software. So we have system software, and then we have application software. So what are system software? System software, go back to slide number six, are basically um, software that controls computer hardware operation. Uh, it allows you to start your computer and also it helps to maintain your computer. Okay, so basically it's the operating system, OS. So what are the operating systems that are currently being used in your computer? So if you are using a normal uh, laptop or uh, PC, you might be using um, Windows as your operating system. But if you are using uh, an Apple computer, you might be using uh, Apple OS. Lah. Okay. And then if you are using uh, a different type of computer like um, a mini computer or some schools, they might be using, still be using mainframes. So they might be using Linux or Ubuntu for their operating system. So basically, operating system helps uh, starting your computer and then it manage and maintain your computer okay uh, even it is actually the first software that are being installed inside your computer without it your computer cannot even start cannot even run uh, like how it was supposed to be okay so that is operating system or system software the next one is application software slide number seven Application software 
is a, a type of software that helps you to increase your productivity uh, or to solve a certain problem or probably uh, for your entertainment. Okay, so for example, you have uh, your Microsoft Office uh, for you to increase your productivity by uh, finishing your assignment, doing a report, to do a few calculations by using Microsoft Excel or to do presentation using Microsoft uh, PowerPoint. Okay, and then you have other applications like uh, Adobe Photoshop for pictures and game for entertainment. Okay, so those are known as application software. Again, there are two types of software, system software and then application software. Okay, so I'll stop here. Next, we will go to hardware. That's next. Okay, next, uh, before we go straight away to hardware, let us look at uh, the types of computer that we have. Okay, so go to slide number 9. Uh, those are the types of computer that we currently have. Um, so we have uh, supercomputer, mainframe, server or mid-range computer. Uh, and then we have workstation, uh, personal computer and mobile devices. Okay, so what are supercomputer? So if you look at uh, the picture in slide 11 and as well as in slide 12. So that is supercomputer. It is very large. Uh, it needs to be stored in a special place, um, properly ventilated, uh, and then even the um, temperature must be correct because uh, all the computer inside, uh, sorry, all the supercomputer can get heat up very fast. So it needs to be in a highly ventilated room uh, and then um, the temperature must be not too high. Okay, uh, It is quite expensive, not only quite expensive, it is very expensive. It costs around um, 5 to 50 million US dollar and not many organization owns a supercomputer. Usually, it is used for um, fast decision making, like uh, for military organization or for NASA. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Uh, for the uh, uh, American Aeronautical something, NASA. And then Google have one. Um, I'm not sure uh, what else. Uh, in Malaysia, I'm not sure what organization owns a supercomputer. Uh, but it is very expensive and it is only used uh, if we have large number of data that we need to process uh, in a fraction of a time. Okay, so that's supercomputer. Next, we go to the next one, which is mainframe. Um, mainframe is actually quite an old computer. I'm not sure whether a new, a new organization currently still owns a mainframe because it is quite old. Some schools in Malaysia, I can see, I've been in some schools, uh, they do still have mainframe. Um, to maintain a mainframe is quite different than maintaining a normal computer. You need to have a certain knowledge and skills in maintaining mainframe. Uh, one of the reasons why mainframe is currently uh, going to be obsolete. 
okay, we need a special skill in order for us to um, maintain a mainframe. Um, it is a bit expensive, not as expensive as supercomputer. Um, usually, it is used for server in an organization. Um, I'm not sure banks in Malaysia are still using mainframes because older banks, they because this they are using old technology. So I'm not sure whether they still maintain their mainframe. But before these banks are using mainframes lah. Okay. Currently, I'm not sure whether they have already changed all their server into a newer version of server. Uh, but it's going to be obsolete mainframe. And then. We have the next one, which is a mid-range computer. Go to slide 16. Uh, that is mid-range computer. It looks like a normal PC, but it is slightly bigger, slightly taller. Um, it costs, I think, should be around... Um, around how many? Uh, how much? Uh? Around 10,000, between five to 10,000 uh, US dollar. Uh, usually, new organizations are currently using this as their server. They're no longer using mainframe, but they're using this. It is easier to maintain because the way to maintain this is just the same as maintaining PC. It's just that we can use this one as a server, but the normal PC cannot. Okay, so we can use our mid-range computer and use it as a, our organizational server, whereby we can put all our databases inside there, uh, our website inside there, okay. So this is mid-range computer. Next, we have what known as microcomputer. Go to slide eighteen. So all these, all the one in the picture in slide eighteen, are known as microcomputer, or sometimes we call it personal computer because it is affordable for us, the normal user. Uh, it's either PC or laptop or tablet uh, or a PlayStation. Those are the things um, that are being used uh, and affordable for a normal user, like as a normal consumer. And then we also have mobile devices. So if we go to the next picture in slide 19, those are examples of mobile devices. Okay, so that's it for types of computer. Next, we will go to uh, computer hardware. Okay, next, computer hardware. Go to slide number 20. Computer hardware devices can be divided into four. Okay, so we have input devices, output devices, storage devices, and processing devices. So our computer can be categorized into four types of devices. Okay, uh, input, output, storage, and as well as processing. So let us go to the first one, which is input devices. What are input devices? So input devices are all those devices that we use to uh, put in data into our computer. Okay, the devices that we use to insert data into our computer. Alright, so what are the examples? Go to slide number 21. So the first one we have pointing devices. So for pointing devices, we have so many pointing devices. Um, the, the most familiar one would be mouse. 
So mouse, we have two types of mouse actually. We have mechanical mouse and optical mouse. Uh, oh no, I didn't put the picture there. So there is a difference eh, between optical mouse and mechanical mouse. So maybe I can ask you after this, what are the difference between mechanic, mechanical and optical mouse? So let's be that that be the question after this. And then we have trackball. If you look at slide 21, the one down below that looks like a mouse, but they have uh, it has a red ball on top. That is a trackball. Okay. It works quite differently than a normal mouse, whereby uh, if you are using a mouse, we move the mouse around, isn't it? But if you're using trackball, you don't move the trackball. You only move the red ball on top only. Okay, you use your finger and then you just move the red ball. You don't need to move the whole thing like you're using a mouse. Okay, usually it is used for people who have very limited working spaces. Uh, they don't have very much space. So they can't move their mouse around. Alternatively, they use trackball. Because trackball, you don't move the trackball. You just move the red ball. Okay. And then we have pointing stick. Um, that one, the top one. Usually, um, you can see it in Lenovo laptop. Uh, if you can see, in the, if you go uh, and try and look at your friend's laptop, uh, Lenovo brand. In the middle of the keyboard, there is a small, very small red or blue button. Okay, and that is actually a pointing stick. You can use that as an alternative to your mouse, actually. Okay, uh, and then we have the normal touchpad where you can just touch your screen. And then, uh, sorry, the normal touchpad uh, on, uh, if you are using laptop, the one below that you are using to uh, click and choose uh, whatever using your laptop that is the touchpad and then touch screen um, the one in the picture there for example your ATM machine you use touch screen isn't it to select whatever that you want to choose from the screen so that is pointing devices so aside from pointing devices um, keyboard is also input devices because we are inputting, we are putting in information using keyboard into our computer. So the keyboard that we have now, it has a name. Eh? So the name of the keyboard that we're currently using is known as QWERTY keyboard. Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Why is it known as QWERTY keyboard? Because it is taking the first six letters uh, on top of our keyboard. Q-W-E-R-T-Y, QWERTY keyboard. Um, is it the only type of keyboard that we have? No. We actually have uh, a lot of, lots of keyboard, uh, but QWERTY keyboard is um, the, the arrangement that are being used uh, in so many software and it is quite hard to change from QWERTY keyboard to a different type of keyboard. Uh, I've also put in, in Google Classroom, a video talking about QWERTY keyboard and Dvorak keyboard. So go to that video for you to learn about the history, a little bit of history about QWERTY keyboard 
and then a little bit uh, information on Dvorak keyboard. Okay, next we go to uh, pen-based computing. So we have stylus, okay, the pen that you use for your um, Samsung notes. And that pen is known as stylus. Um, so basically, uh, in tablet, in certain handphone, we use it uh, so that we can touch the screen of our phone or our tablet uh, to insert whatever information that we want. And then we have microphones. Microphones are input devices as well because it helps you to, uh, because when you speak, whatever you speak is being inserted into your computer. Right? So microphone is another type of input devices. The next one is uh, slide number 25, scanner. Scanner is also an input device. Um, you scan whatever, anything that, any document that you want to scan, and then whatever you scan will be inserted into your computer, will be copied into your computer. So you are inputting data. So for scanner, we have so many types of scanner. We have flatbed scanner, the normal scanner that you use. Um, we have um, what known as um, barcode scanner. Uh, what else? Um, any example? Okay, go to slide number 26. Um, oh, these are other input technologies. So go back to scanner. We have so many types of scanner. Lah. Okay, so flatbed scanner, barcode scanner. I can't remember any more scanner right now. Uh, but it helps in um, inserting data into your computer. Oh yeah, we have uh, OMR scanner, your o OMR answers that you, you, you put in uh, every time during your examination, there is a machine that scans all your answers, OMR scanner. And then finally, we have other input technologies. So we also have smart cards that um, being used to insert data into a certain computer. Digital cameras, we take pictures and then the picture is being inserted into your computer. Uh, magnetic strip and credit cards and as well as magnetic ink character recognition, MICR. What is MICR? If you have ever uh, take a look at a check, okay, at the bottom of the check, there is a certain numbers and it is usually in a certain type of font. Uh, that is written using a certain magnetic ink where it helps to identify that check. There is a certain scanner in the bank that are being used to read the check, to read that number written on the check. Okay, so those are examples for input devices. Uh, so after this, we'll go to the next one, which is output devices. Okay, so just now we talk about uh, the devices that are being used to insert data into your computer. Now we will look at um, devices that are being used to, um, to show or to display whatever data that has already been processed inside your computer. Okay, so to display data, to show data. Okay, so that is output devices. So... Uh, go to slide number 28. The first output device is your monitor. It is used to display whatever things that you uh, type in 
uh, whatever things that you already process it that, that the computer already process it is it will be displaying it uh, to the user okay so there are three types basically of uh, monitor uh, the first one is CRT uh, monitor but I think now it is already obsolete cathode ray tube monitor which is the old type if you remember lah, the old type of monitor which is quite heavy quite large quite bulky um, that one is known as cathode ray tube monitor and yeah I think it's already obsolete we don't have it anymore not sure whether people still have it in their home and then we have liquid crystal display or LCD monitor and the third one is plasma monitor all right so currently in schools in university we have both uh, either LCD or plasma which one is more expensive LCD or plasma uh, that one you need to answer and what are the difference um, the liquid crystal display is based on liquid which are being trapped in between uh, the monitor but with plasma it is using gas okay so with lcd it is using a certain type of liquid being trapped in between the screen in your monitor but with plasma display it is using gas okay so that's the difference that's why it is liquid crystal display and plasma display and then the next output device is printer. Again, printer is displaying you or giving you output of whatever data that you've already processed using your computer. Uh, with printer, we have so many types of computer. Uh, sorry, we have so many types of printer. But basically, it is divided into two uh, categories. Uh, the first one, it is known as... Um, impact-based computer, uh, sorry, printer and non-impact-based printer. Okay, so there's two uh, categories of printer which are impact-based and uh, non-impact-based. So what are impact-based printer? Um, why is it called impact-based? Because to uh, produce a printout, you need to have uh, a printer and a certain uh, ribbon whereby the printer will be using a certain pin okay and the pin will be uh, impacting upon the ribbon before it can produce whatever that you want to print in the paper Okay, example, dot matrix printer. With dot matrix printer, you need to have, you don't use uh, ink, you don't use cartridges, you don't use toner. You use ribbon, just like a typewriter. Okay, and just like a typewriter as well, you need to have um, a certain uh, words. Okay, uh, for example, like in typewriter, you have all the alphabet A, B, C, D, E. And when you press A, for example, there is going to be a letter A that will be impacting. Menghentam. Okay, impacting upon the ribbon. And then you can see the letter in your paper. 
Okay, hentaman, impact base. That is dot matrix. Uh, and then with uh, non-impact base printer, you have uh, printer that are using ink, cartridges, and toner. So with that one, we have uh, inkjet lah, bubble jet lah, whatever jet, all those laser printers. Okay, so those are non-impact printer. And the next one, oh, the next slide. Okay, so actually we have one more, which is speaker. Okay, so your speaker is another type of uh, output devices because it lets you hear the sound that already being processed, uh, that already being processed inside your computer. Okay, so you have a monitor, printer, and as well as your speaker as output devices. So next, we will go to storage devices. Okay, storage devices. There are two types of storage devices, which is uh, the first one known as uh, primary storage, and then the second one is known as secondary storage. Primary storage is uh, not permanent, so whatever um, data that is inside a primary storage uh, is not permanent and will be gone when you uh, turn off the computer. While as in secondary storage, whatever data that you save inside there, it is permanent. It will be there even after you turn off your computer. Okay, so what are primary storage? Primary storage uh, consists of uh, RAM, random access memory, as well as ROM, read-only memory. So, what are RAM and ROM? Uh, there is also a video that I've also put in Google Classroom. Uh, please refer to that as well. There is an explanation, a more detailed explanation on what is RAM and ROM. But uh, in short, what is RAM? Uh, it is, uh, imagine a location where it allows you to open whatever software, uh, software or application that you want to use inside your computer. So each time you want to open a certain software or a certain application, you need a certain location inside a RAM to allow you to open that software. So that is why the larger RAM that you have, uh, the more software uh, or application that you can open at the same time. If you have limited uh, RAM, you cannot multitask and open so many uh, software at the same time. Uh, because later on, you will get this um, Windows uh, saying that um, you don't have enough memory to open any more software. That means you don't have space inside your RAM to open any more software. So if you want to open any more software, you have to close some of them. But if you have a large RAM, you can open a lot of application at the same time. Okay, And all those application, if somehow your computer is turned off uh, because there's no electricity, whatever that you currently open at that time will be lost. 
the next time that you open your computer, whatever that you've opened before will be lost. All the memory that uh, is being used before will be lost uh, after the electricity has been turned off. Okay, so that is why with RAM, it is not non-permanent memory. Okay, and then we have um, ROM, R-O-M, ROM, read-only memory. It is um, a type of memory that contains all the information about your computer. Okay, what are the requirements to start your motherboard? So this uh, memory is permanent. It, it, it comes from the manufacturer of the motherboard. So you cannot delete whatever information inside ROM. Okay. Um, next, you have secondary storage. Secondary storage is much more permanent. It is where you save all your data, all your work inside your computer. So for secondary storage, you have uh, the first one we have uh, magnetic disk. So magnetic disk, we have um, your hard disk is uh, a magnetic disk. And we also have floppy disk or diskette that is also known as magnetic disk. Uh, if you look at slide number 34, the right one is hard disk and the one on the left is your um, diskette. I'm not sure uh, if all of you have seen that type of diskette before. Uh, currently, we don't use it anymore. Uh, we also have floppy disk. You can Google. I, have, I do have in my collection floppy disk, but um, unfortunately, I cannot show you. Oh yeah, maybe I can take a picture and show you to, to you later. Um, and then we have um, CD. So we have CD-ROM, CD-RW, CD-R, uh, okay. And then we have DVD, DVD-ROM, DVD-R, and DVD-RW. Uh, these are under optical disc. Before this, we have magnetic disc. Now we have optical disc. Okay, so under optical disc, we have CD and also DVD. So what are the difference with CD-ROM? It is read-only memory. So when you buy that CD, you can only read whatever inside it. So probably it's a movie or a song. You can just watch the movie or listen to the song. You cannot change anything. You cannot delete anything. With uh, CD-R, most probably uh, most of you are very familiar, is where you can uh, burn your data. You can save your data inside the CD, uh, but you cannot delete whatever that you've already burned inside the CD. Okay, and then you have CD-RW. It's a little bit expensive than CD-R because uh, you can uh, burn your data. You can insert your data inside the CD. And if you don't want that data anymore, you can delete it from your CD. That is CD-RW. Read, write. Okay, with CD-R, you can only write once. You cannot delete. And then you have CD-RW, which is read and write meaning you can uh, write many times and read many times, okay? Uh, it's the same goes with DVD. Then after that, we have uh, the next category, which is uh, flash drive. So we have, um, some people call it as USB drive, pen drive, jump drive. It is the same thing, okay? So slide 36, um, it consists of small chips where you can save uh, much bigger data inside that storage. And then um, storage capacity. Storage capacity is um, usually we measure using bytes. So we have 
um, kilobyte, megabyte, gigabyte, terabyte, petabyte. Okay, and the measurement is usually equivalent to. Uh, so for kilobyte, it is equal to one thousand byte. So with megabyte MB, it is equivalent to one thousand kilobyte. With giga GB, one is it, it is equivalent to one thousand megabyte. Terabyte is equivalent to one thousand gigabyte, and then we have petabyte equivalent to one thousand terabyte. That is um, the usual storage capacity measurement. Okay, so next we will go to processing devices. Okay, processing devices. The last device inside your computer. It consists of two main devices, which is your processor as well as your motherboard. That is the main device inside a processing device. Okay, your processor and your motherboard. What is a processor? So go to slide 39. You can see a picture there. That is your processor, Intel Core 2 Duo. That is an example for Intel Core 2 Duo. It is quite small. Um, not more than, I would say, not more than... Um, 3 inch, not more than 2 inch in size, 2 by 2 or 3 uh, three by 3, something like that. It's quite small, but it is the brain of your computer. Without it, um, your computer cannot uh, process whatever data that you insert into your computer. It is the brain. It always keep on thinking and solving and solving and solving problems that the, with the data that you put in inside your computer. Okay, so um, if you read slide 39, it says it is the heart and the brain of your computer. Uh, it is responsible for all primary number crunching and data management. Okay, so it is uh, the processor is located uh, in your motherboard. Okay, so what is a motherboard? Look at slide 40. This is, uh, this is how, uh, what or how motherboard looks like. Um, usually, uh, the bottom is green color. This one is quite large. Um, it is the same size as your CPU. Usually, if you own, uh, sorry, your uh, desktop PC. So, if you own a desktop PC, it is the same size as your desktop. Okay. Um, and... Usually, whatever devices that you are using for your computer, it will be connected to the motherboard. Why, why is it called motherboard? Because everything is rely, relying to the motherboard. Without the motherboard, your computer will not work as well. So, it is where you link everything that you are using for your computer. Okay, So, everything that you use, all the devices that you use, including your processor, will be linked to the motherboard okay um, so look at uh, slide number 40 it says that it is a large circuit board found inside your computer and without it a computer is just a metal box okay so that's it for this week uh, we only focus on software and hardware so very simple this week so next week we will continue on the same chapter but we will be focusing on uh, internet and network as well as issues regarding to uh, IS infrastructure. So that's it for this week.
Assalamualaikum. See you next week. Bye.